It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Raptors, what should the Raptors rotation look like once OG Ananobi returns to the lineup, both for the rest of the regular season and going into the postseason? We'll talk about the starters. We'll talk about the most trusted bench guys. We'll talk about the deep rotation pieces and all, all that and more. Sorry, on today's episode of the podcast with Jamar Hines from Raptors Republic. That's all coming up. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1139 of Lockdown Raptors for Wednesday, March the 16th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And as always, you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, all your favorite podcast apps. You can follow, subscribe, rate, review, whatever it is your app of choice asks you to do to support the shows you like. Plus, you can go to YouTube and hit the big red subscribe button and help us out over there uh, with all the, all the 1,700 wonderful people who have already done so. Please go join them. They're uh, lonely. They're, they're looking for more company. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. You can check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. More on them a little bit later on. And as always, a big thank you for making us your first listen of the day. All right. On today's show, OG Ananobi is potentially nearing a return. It's around the two-week window that he was supposed to be returning within. Uh, still no word as to whether he'll be, he'll be available tonight. He practiced, however, on Tuesday. And with that, is going to bring some questions when it comes to the Raptors rotation. Who's playing? Who's not? Who's starting? Who's coming off the bench? And joining me today to sort through all the mess of the Raptors rotation with the return of OG potentially nigh is the wonderful Jamar Hines from Raptors Republic from TSN. Jamar, how's it going, man? Welcome back. I'm pretty good, Sean. How are you? Doing great, man. Really happy to have you back on the show. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. As we're recording this show, you're a Jays guy, too. Uh, Matt Chapman news is flying around. Uh, th there's a chance I'll be slightly distracted if that comes through. That's fine. Uh, uh, that's, news <laughs> to me. that's news to me. I didn't even oh, know babe. that. I'm glad to have broken it to you, Matt Chapman. It seems like he's coming to the Blue Jays. Not sure what the return is just yet, but boy, oh boy, uh, they're going to be awesome. Anyway, uh, the Toronto Raptors playing pretty awesome right now, too. Let's dig in, Jamar, to the rotation. Uh, let's begin with the starters, shall we? This has kind of been one of the big questions all season long. Who should start when they're at full health? Are people okay with the small ball lineup? Do people want a traditional center in there? Does it matter considering the traditional centers are all the same size as their uh, nominal center in that small ball starting five in Scotty Barnes? Uh, so, Jamar, let's just kind of put it out there. OG Ananobi comes back. Let's just assume he's available for Friday's game against the Lakers. Maybe that's pie in the sky, but for the purposes of this conversation, 
Let's just say that's what's going to happen. What do you do when it comes to the starting five once OG returns? Is it like a set five for you? Do you swap in based on matchups? And if you are swapping guys in, who do you think is getting into that starting five in place of who in the starting five that we kind of came to know and love during the middle of the season? Well, this is a question I've had the entire season, but it's never really been answered because guys have been in and out, whether it be Fred or OG or, you know, Pascal didn't start the season. So we've never really got the answer to that question. Um, I think that to start, they're just going to go with the five we know, with Pascal, Gary, uh, Scotty, OG, and... Shoot, I think I messed that up. Fred, Gary, yeah, Fred, yeah. OG, you throw Fred in there, you're good. Yeah, Scotty and Pascal, just the normal, uh, just the normal five that we're used to. Um, but when we go against a team with like a legitimate center, like say mm-hmm. we say we like play Philly or somebody, yeah, um, that time would go bigger and start probably precious. I would say. Mm-hmm. at the at the center spot and then that's where that's when i'm gonna that's when we're gonna have to figure out who comes off the bench um yeah <laughs> and that, yeah and then that's that's when that question is going to come up i mean obviously it's not going to be fred it's not going to be pascal so you can scratch those two off yeah um between it's probably it would i don't think it would be og either so no it would it it would have to be Gary or Scotty to be honest, and I mean, it de- I guess it would depend on whether you want the floor spacing that Gary gives you, mm-hmm. and I think it would be a more natural thing to leave Gary in the starting mm-hmm. lineup, and I mean Scotty would still play starters minutes. Anyway, he could still be over like 30 minutes a game or whatnot, and he could kind of uh, he could kind of run the second unit and mm-hmm. play the uh, backup point minutes sometimes as well yeah. as the as front court minutes. Like he can kind of do both. I think that's probably the most natural way to do this because obviously, I don't think I don't think a Fred, Scotty. OG, I don't, I just feel like that would, the spacing wouldn't be as good. So, yeah. but you could you could jump back and forth on this. There's no definitive answer, mm-hmm. but th- that's what I would narrow it down to. If they have to play a, a, a bigger team, but this there luckily for them, there's not a lot of teams in the NBA where it's like okay, we got to match up size wise, right? Yeah. Like Denver, Philly. There might be a couple others that I can't remember off the top of my head, but everybody else, you're you you can be okay with getting away with um having I guess I guess it'd be Pascal lined up at at, at the center spot per se. Yeah. Uh, but I think the decision would come down between OG and I mean not OG um Scotty and Gary and I think Scotty would be the more natural fit. Yeah, I mean, that's been the difficulty I've had all season with this conversation is that when you put it down to it, it's like, oh, well, yeah, they should start a center. That sounds nice. But taking out one of Gary or Scotty is like you're taking one of your five best players off the floor artificially for the first six minutes of each half. And I, I just don't love that. I, I want those guys to play as much as they can. And it's just easier to do that when they start. 
And then when you get it down to the decision of, all right, is it Scotty or is it Gary? I kind of think Gary has always been a non-starter as the guy to move to the bench. Like, I, it just doesn't work for me because he drives the offensive performance of this team more than anybody except for Pascal Siakam. Just looking at the on-off numbers right now, uh, Siakam, when he's on the floor, the Raptors have 113.9 offensive rating. That's the best among all regulars, only behind Justin Champagne on the team. Second is Gary Tran Jr., 113.5, and then it kind of drops off after that. And The rest of the regulars are like 111 or below in terms of on-court offensive rating. So you need Gary out there, even when he's cold, even when he's going through a shooting spell. Like he just offers spacing that creates the driving channels and all this stuff that this team really, really kind of thrives on. And it gets pretty tricky to take him out. And then, yeah, Scotty. I mean, how are you going to take Scotty out of the starting lineup? <laughs> he's like, he, he's incredible. He's just like, he just, and for me, I guess I've always kind of been a little bit confused as to why we're treating Scotty sort of as like this frail little skinny boy compared to the burly centers you can bring in for the big center matchups and like Joel Embiid. And it's like, Oh, precious and Kem can handle that. Like Scotty's as big as those guys. <laughs> like he might be stronger than those guys, but maybe you just roll with Scotty as your five. And in you, if you get into a situation mm -hmm. where you are playing a specific matchup, like uh, Joel Embiid in the playoffs, I mean, do you just kind of do the thing where you quickly send doubles all the time and hope that Matisse Thibel and Tobias Harris are going to miss threes because they have a history of doing so. Yeah. And I, I wonder if maybe sort of tailoring your entire game plan around the potential of playing the Sixers is maybe not the best way to go better. And instead just get your five best guys out there and roll with them. Is there something to the idea of just sticking with the small ball lineup, even against really tough opponents like Embiid? Well, here's my thing. Yeah. Like I said, for most for most teams, this wouldn't be a problem, but we're just going to go with the Philly hypothetical. The problem is a guy like Embiid, he draws so many fouls. I don't think I'm comfortable starting someone of my, uh, my best starting five, like right away having to cover Embiid. Yeah, you right. can – yeah, you could – I like your idea of, you know, throwing doubles and stuff off the catch and see, you know, see if the sh if there are other guys like uh, Tobias Harris who's having a down year shooting from three and Matisse, guys like that, see if they can make an open shot. I do like that idea. But you're, you're, I'm sure you've seen how many uh, foul shots him and Harden have been getting some of these games. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's a really tough ask and, like, you're – Worst case scenario would be something like, okay, you start your normal five and one of Scotty or Pascal is has like two fouls in three minutes. Mm -hmm. Then it, I just, I feel like it's better off you, you buy five to six minutes off the top of the game. And, you know, if Precious or, you know, sometimes Nurse like starting Cambridge, but one of the two. <laughs> Uh, if they can buy, if they can buy some of those minutes, and you know, it, they're going to probably pick up a foul or two. I'm a lot more comfortable with that. It's just, mm -hmm. it, I, I like this. I like the staggering more for uh, uh, dealing with a guy like that because he he's going to get calls. He just is. Like, yeah. I'd be shocked if he. I'd be shocked if he did it. So that would be yeah. my take on that.
That's a really good point. One that uh, now has me reconsidering everything. Dan <laughs> Fowles, man. Uh, like, I, I think the moral of this conversation is let's just hope they don't play Philly. It's <laughs> kind of the, uh, the Basically, main thing here. Yeah. 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 It seems I like mean, a nightmare. The only, the only other team, I, I feel like they can get away with that lineup against everybody else. Mm-hmm. Maybe Milwaukee would cause problems if Brooke Lopez is back and fine and well. But he, he's more of a guy that strays to the perimeter anyway. So yeah. even, he, even him, I feel like that uh, Milwaukee, I feel like the Raptors could get away with their starting five. It's, it's only the Philly question, really, to me. And and then yeah. obviously, you, you know, you test it out. And, you know, every team, it, it's a beautiful thing about the um, Eastern Conference uh this this season is like every team has a flaw somewhere so you can try you can try it out and if it doesn't work then you know make adjustments where you need to but philly's the only one that would you know make me raise an eyebrow so i don't know if that's gonna how long you could do that yeah that makes sense uh so yeah small ball unless philly comes around and then oh my god pray and uh <laughs> be very scared uh we're gonna continue on here jamar and we're gonna dig into the guys who would help them make set adjustments coming off the bench to fill in either as spot starters in the big man position or just filling in with regular minutes off the bench. I feel like we're going to know who a few of these guys are, but maybe a couple guys will surprise us. That's coming up in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks, who have made daily fantasy easy at long last. It is a wonderful little app. You get to pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you against the projected numbers entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy there's no shadow uh you know expert behind some computer putting together an unbeatable lineup it's just the projections that prize picks puts out that you are up against it's kind of the way it should be it's safe and offers fast withdrawals as well and you can pick any prop you can think of points scored rebounds even steals and you can do mixed sport entries so maybe let's just say it's the middle of april for example or maybe april 8th or something like that and you want to do a mixed sport entry. The Toronto Raptors are playing a game and the Toronto Blue Jays are playing a game. You feel like, oh, maybe I should go and uh, you know do a prop on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. home runs and points scored by Pascal Siakam. You can do that with prize picks. That is a wonderful, beautiful thing. And prize picks doesn't, like I said, doesn't just offer the NBA. They have all the different sports that you can mix and match with for your gambling pleasure for a limited time prize picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users users get 50 percent 50 dollars that is for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point but you must use the code nba that's right this is an exclusive offer available only to locked on fans sign up today use the code nba for 50 bucks for free if a player in your prize picks entry your first prize picks entry scores a single point that's free money baby go and sign up over at prize picks is daily fantasy made easy The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We continue on here with Jamar Hines from Raptors Republic talking Raptors rotation once they reach full health. 
And we should dig in here to the bench guys, Jamar. You know, the Raptors have played, you know, lots of different looks so far this season. There was a stretch where they were playing like seven guys. There's a stretch now where they're playing a little bit deeper of rotation. It's still weird. It's still sort of mismatched and disjointed because everybody's power forwards. And that's just the way we live now. Uh, But they're making it work. And they've had some really good success with it at times as well. Um, we should probably also, for the purposes of this, say Malachi Flynn is available. We'll sort of put this down in the future a little bit. I, I hope that he's available by the playoffs. It's a month away. If he's not, that sucks uh, because what he was doing before he got hurt was really valuable to this team. So we'll assume Malachi Flynn is available for the purposes of this conversation, even if he's not around right now. Uh, so Jamar, what do you think in terms of like the let's like, let's go with like the first four guys that Nick Nurse should be trusting off the bench? Lots of different options here. He's gone a lot of different ways. Who would you go with as your sort of trusted four within the Nick Nurse circle of trust, a la, you know, times where Patrick McCaw was a big part of that? You know, he, he kind of has these little groups of guys that he'll kind of get uh, attached to. Uh, if you're hoping for names to be involved in that group of trusted guys, who are you looking at right now? Well, knowing Nick Nurse, I don't think it's going to get to four. Uh, guys off the bench because <laughs> there's been times where he's ran seven like just just seven guys total yeah but to answer your question if we're you know we're taking the normal five out of the equation i think those are guys that are the starters uh, it's pretty obvious that precious would get minutes off the bench it's pretty obvious that i mean that he's gonna trust thad young so you, so you could scratch those two off like those guys are going to be in the rotation yeah um I guess depending on whether he wants length or whether he wants shooting, I'm pretty sure he would give Malachi the nod over mm-hmm. Delano Benton. Yeah. And then the fourth guy that I don't think we're going to get to is where things get interesting. Like he could go off one of those bigger lineups that we've seen him run oh right actually you know what never mind i just i just thought of it i was i was juggling between birch and somebody and then i just realized i totally forgot about chris boucher yeah so (laughs) yeah so i think those would be the four guys off the bench and if you i was thinking of him going to like a one of those bigger lineups that we've seen sometimes to open like a second quarter or a fourth quarter like like the lineup we saw that beat denver and I think they had Birch and Boucher and Thad all on at the same time. Yeah. So I could see him doing that type of thing, depending on what what uh, what look Nurse wanted to give. So I, I could see Birch getting minutes that way. Like he wouldn't be totally out of the rotation. He could get spot minutes. Mm-hmm. But I think the I think Flynn Thad uh boucher and precious would probably be the four like i th- i'm pretty sure we get minutes yeah those are the four i had down too as like my first four off the bench in an ideal situation it's tricky because look thad young has not been great so far with the raptors the fit has been a little bit clunky and you know he's had some you know interesting let's say moments with the ball in his hands and you know i think that's been sort of offset by some really great flourishes as well and you can kind of see the connectivity he brings to the floor so i i don't 
begrudge anyone who thinks that Thad maybe shouldn't be part of that trusted four just yet. And maybe it's, oh, we get Kem in there or something like that instead. I, I think for me with Kem, I, I'm glad to see he's played better lately for sure. It's been nice. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that he was so happy to like continue to have the trust of the team. He was talking after the game on Friday against the Suns before summarily getting, getting moved to the bench for the next two games. Um, but like he really like I, I'm glad that he's playing well. I don't know if his skill set really meshes as well as some of these other guys, and I'm not sure I really want him as part of that first four off the bench. That said, like I think as much as Nurse has been really stingy in the past and has you know pared things down to a pretty tight rotation when things really get important, I do wonder if the way this team is built and the way that they kind of do things. It, have you ever played Tetris, Jamar? You Tetris yeah. guy. Okay, yeah, so you know how sometimes when you're playing Tetris, you feel like you have it all set up nicely, but then you screw up and like drop something at a weird angle, and then you have to like take a few extra seconds and a few extra pieces to kind of fill in around it and then get your lines sorted out. Mm-hmm. That kind of feels to me almost like what this Raptors team is like, where it's like you can't get to all of these specific lineups that they like without going a little bit deeper than nine in the bench, right? You have to kind of bring in other guys. Banton is going to sort of drop in to those big funky weirdo lineups and right. maybe not have that much of a role elsewhere, but he'll pop in for, you know, five to 10 minutes in those weird, weird cookie lineups and sort of transitional minutes. And yeah, Kem might slot in because you need a traditional big, like, it feels like a team because of the way it's constructed and the different sort of machinations of all the lineups that maybe needs more than nine guys at nurse's disposal to really kind of get all the looks that they like in over the course of a game. Um, but that said, I, I still think Thad Boucher, precious Flynn are kind of the main guys for me. And if you're going to take one of those guys out, I mean, it, I guess it depends on how guys are playing. If Boucher's having a particularly rough stretch or something like that, which we haven't seen much of, so maybe that's not to be expected. But you know, I, I feel like maybe Thad's the first guy to take out of that group. But I don't know. What, how have you liked the Thad fit, Jamar? Like, I, I still keep wanting to just see him play with the better Raptors players. Like, I, I want to see a like a starting, not a starting five, but like a, a five man look where maybe he slots in in place of Barnes as a small ball five, just to kind of connect all the very good scoring players they have. Where are you at with the way Thad's worked in, and how do you think like his? What do you think his best like role or utility is for this team down the stretch? I think the role he has now is I don't think it's going to get any bigger or smaller. Right. I think I think this is kind of the role he has. Uh, you know, a, a guy that you know can be versatile defensively, come off, come off the bench. You know, he can do some short roll stuff. Uh, it, he's gonna shoot one ugly floater a game. <laughs> I, I've gotten I've gotten used to that, but I think he's I think he's been okay. Uh, and with when you have a guy like OG back. It, it doesn't really make that much sense to play Thad more, right? Because they they play the same position pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I think he's gonna get his typical fifteen to maybe at the high end twenty minutes a game and kind of do what he's doing right now. I don't think that's mm-hmm. gonna change, and I don't think he's gonna be out of the rotation either because I think him being like the most experienced player on the team. I think Nurse is going to trust him off the bench unless he's playing horrible. Um, it's funny, though. Where I was I was thinking about the one one big flaw we have with guys coming off the bench is that we don't have a, 
a legitimate shooter that can just come yeah. off the bench and, you know, knock down some threes. We were hoping um, Mihailuk would be that guy, but, you know, I, I just I think that he's gotten enough rope where that's just not going to happen. Yeah, it doesn't seem unless, like it's Unless Snurs <laughs> wants to give a spot look somewhere. It, don't you find it crazy that of all the guys to come off the bench to be a reliable floor spacer, it's crazy how that's been precious. <laughs> like coming into yeah. the season, like even the first few months of the season, he was, I don't even think he was shooting 20% from three. No. But since like the last six weeks, he's all, he's basically been a 50% three point shooter. And it's not just corner threes, because I think that's where he started. Now he's yeah. shooting them above the break. He's shooting them from everywhere. The, the confidence is there. It's I, I just find I find that amazing. Yeah, he's incredible. Uh it's it's been the best roller coaster uh for like a player development track that I can recall in quite a while. Like it, it's you know, it's a roller coaster each and every game, possession to possession. But like the incremental growth and the sort of weaning off of stupid plays in lieu of smart and effective winning basketball has kind of been one of the stories of the season for Precious. Um, you know, it's been one of the stories of the team, honestly, is kind of him moving into this sort of higher leverage role on the team. Um, like I, I think of all of the guys we've talked about here, he's like the most clear ironclad, like he's not losing his spot to me. 100%. Like him and Boucher are probably pretty close, but like Boucher seems to maybe be in a bit of a competition with Thad, just positionally speaking. Whereas Precious is like very clearly one of the most effective fives on the team, uh, and you know, kind of does a lot of things now. Like I made this point on yesterday's podcast, like he's kind of doing things that you want from a low usage big in addition to you know some of the sort of on-ball stuff that he's been pretty eager to try out like he's mm -hmm. actually offering support and connectivity now to better players which is a really difficult thing for a guy to kind of step into so um yeah the the shooting thing is obviously going to be a problem <laughs> and that's why i, I kind of think maybe that they they won't limit it to an eight or nine guide rotation you know ultimately and maybe they do sort of pull on a utah or something like that in a pinch but I guess, you know, if Flynn can kind of come back, do what he was doing, where he was serving as a really good off-ball threat, kind of in that Fred role in those minutes before he went out, you know, then you're you're sitting there with you know, Fred's obviously a knockdown shooter. Gary, OG, you trust those guys. Pascal's been totally fine this season, league average-ish. Precious obviously is firing away. I don't know how much to believe that it's going to stay this way. I'm having a hard time reconciling his three-point percentage with his 59% free throw percentage <laughs> and like the indicator that that normally is. Like I'm not sure what to believe there. But then if you got Flynn and you you know are, are going to embolden Scotty Barnes to take catch and shoots when they come his way, like maybe there's just enough there to kind of get by if Flynn is part of your rotation that you're you're not super concerned and you can I kind of always have at least like two shooters on the floor maybe three maybe that's enough it, it's uh this team is weird man <laughs> we're gonna continue on Jamar uh and sort of round things out look at some back end rotation guys is there a role for any of these guys uh and you know we'll we'll, we'll kind of finish off this conversation in just one second but first want to tell you better friends over at built bar making the best tasting protein bars in the game you got to try them out if you're a person with a sweet tooth like me who is constantly snacking at late at night, uh, this is a great sort of uh, way to counteract those bad, bad habits because you don't need to be having candy or chocolate or you know chips or whatever it might be at midnight. Instead, scratch, scratch that itch with a built Bar. They've got tons of flavors for everybody. 
you got to check them out. They have, you know, the, the fruity flavors. They've got more sort of sweet and uh, like mint brownie. What do you use? The sweet confections. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, you've got white chocolate cookies and cream as a limited time flavor right now. Everything in between. They've got nut and nut free flavors for those who have allergies. They're keto friendly. And the thing about Built Bar is that they're all about the taste. They make it taste great first and then figure out how to make it healthy. And they don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Their bars, on average, contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. That's like 8 times less sugar than you're finding in a standard candy bar. You got to check them out. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. That is the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we round out your first listen of the day with Jamar Hines from Raptors Republic. Uh, so playoffs on the way, you know, we, we've kind of talked about what the shortened rotation could look like. Mentioned a couple of guys from the sort of deeper bench who could slot in here. You know, we should probably talk about Kem Birch a little bit because we did not have him in that main four coming off the bench as sort of the trusted quartet at full health. And, and look, all of this assumes full health and assuming full health is a very uh, fickle thing in the NBA. So, you mm-hmm. know, take it all the grains of salt that you need. But when it comes to uh, Kem Birch, obviously he's been starting some games. He's been playing better lately. He's been back in favor. You know, is there a particular reason why you had him outside? You know, I think people for, who listen to this podcast know that I'm just like not super keen on what Ken Birch has been doing both ends of the floor. I feel like guys do the things that they're asking of him a little bit more effectively than he does. Um, but is there a reason for you why he's outside of that floor for you? And is there an, an avenue to him kind of getting back in and being one of those trusted guys, whether it's bumping out a fad, whether it's adding another big man to their rotation and pumping out Malachi Flynn or something like that and just rolling with exclusively large people. Uh, where are you at with Kem and sort of his role on this team down the stretch here? Uh, for Kem, from now I just see him as just an uh, just an extra big in right uh, off the bench. Where I I just think that over the whole season, Precious and Boucher have been more viable options, and they're more they're more versatile, like like defensively on the perimeter. Although Boucher has his moments where he has horrible closeouts on the perimeter and someone just be like, like he, you get an open shooter and he just yeah. has the worst closeout and then they have an open driving lane. We've seen that a lot, but his activity on the um, offensive glass and just his, his rim protection and stuff like that. I just feel like Precious and Boucher have those spots locked down where Ken would come in is if they wanted to go big. And slide everybody else down. You slide Precious to the four. Or, you know, if it's like a mix and match starting lineup bench kind of rotation type of thing where he would be the guy at center and he would uh, bring everybody else down a notch. Uh, the thing with the thing with Cam is that he's going to kind of muck things up uh, from a spacing perspective. Yeah. And we already don't have a lot of shooters, right? So 
he's a guy that the defense doesn't have to account for and they'll kind of pack the paint more. So and he's not going to get minutes over a guy like Precious. So that's why I said he would only be in in those big lineups. And I mean that is a possibility. Nurse ten Nurse is not traditional by any means. So you, there could be a matchup where you know what? Okay, let's roll with Cam. And yeah, there could be a, a time where he prefers Cam over. Somebody that I didn't see. Maybe he likes Kem in a matchup over Precious. Like, say, he going back to the Philly example where he wants to have someone uh, guard Embiid for uh, five minutes or something. Maybe he likes hmm. that matchup better. I don't know. But that, he just is in the extra big role to me. And we still want to prioritize, you know, spacing and shooting and stuff like that. Because remember the Cavs game at the start of the road trip where we basically had no spacing whatsoever. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, 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 Pascal tried to do what he can but the and get into paint, but he kept getting blocked and stuff like that. Like, that's what you don't want. And th- that's what happens when you don't have a good amount of floor spacers on the court. And if you have Kim on the court too much, that's probably going to happen. And even like you, you mentioned like a guy like Utah, he hasn't been a good three point shooter this season either, right? So yeah. outside of like the guys like Fred and OG and Gary and sometimes Flynn, you don't have a lot of reliable shooting. So that's why I feel like in a healthy rotation, it's kind of hard to find a spot for Ken because he's gonna he's gonna hurt the spacing when you have other guys that are a little bit more versatile on the offensive end. Yeah, that's all well put. I, I think. The reason I'm pretty comfortable with Kem being like the 10th man is that he does do some things that in a pinch could be pretty useful. And if you exactly. slide him in in place of a guy like Precious or Boucher, like I think that could be pretty reliable. I would rather Precious and Boucher's skill set on a, just a regular day, but some things can happen. Like perhaps you get into a situation where you know a team has like a particularly good defensive matchup for Pascal Siakam so maybe you're running your stuff through Fred VanVleet a little bit more maybe you're running a little bit more pick and roll and they're doubling or sending extra attention towards Fred in those pick and rolls i would much rather Kem as the short short roll guy in those situations than i would Precious or Boucher right like i think that's a good utility for him i also think you know we saw against Jokic on Saturday like Precious had some trouble in that matchup that's kind of the closest corollary you can find to Embiid in the Western Conference, I would say. Uh, and, you know, Kem had a better time with a guy like Jokic than Precious did. So maybe it does become a situation in a series against the Sixers where Precious does get played out just because he can't hang with Embiid physically. Like, he, he's he got, like, the, the hops and everything like that to protect the rim. But against a guy like that, like, he just doesn't have a strong enough base to not get knocked over every single time by his post up. So maybe that's where Kem comes in with his superhuman strength. I agree, though, the fact that he doesn't really shoot, the fact that that he hasn't really expanded upon the flashes he showed at the end of last season does kind of limit his overall utility, and it it limits his fit with these other guys because, like, you can stick Boucher in the corner and feel comfortable that he's at least going to fire away, right? You know Precious is going to take those. Even Thad has shown a little bit more eagerness in the last couple weeks here to put up those catch-and-shoots, and you can stick them there. It's not, like, the greatest spacing teams that aren't necessarily caring about those guys all that much, but at least it's a threat of a three going up, which Kem doesn't really offer right now. And so, as well as Kem has played in the last few games, I still think just with the way the team is is kind of fitting together, the way the pieces come together, 
I would rather him be kind of a break glass in case case of emergency type big. But you need guys like that, right? Like no team ever went on a full playoff run without some random guy off the bench really kicking in some help at a really important moment. And I think right. that can kind of be Kem's, you know, utility on this team is, you know, he could it's it's a stretch to say he could swing a series, but maybe he swings a game because he can offer some skill set that other guys can't for against a particular matchup that's given the Raptors trouble. Um, any last parting shots here on the rotation? Anyone that we haven't really dug into yet? Uh, you know, Banton, obviously, I, I feel like he's just so green and weird that it's probably a little risky to put him into really high leverage games right now. And I'm fine with that. You know, Justin Champagne's kicking around as well. Anyone that, that we haven't touched on yet that you think maybe has a bit of a case to get some run in regular minutes down the stretch and into the postseason? Delano, we'll see. We'll see uh, spot minutes from time to time, uh, depending right. on what matchup that uh, Nurse wants. Like there be, there might be even times where him and Flynn are on the court at the same time. I can see that. Yeah. But uh, Champagne, that one's a little bit hard to see because he's playing. He's playing the same position as, as Scotty and OG. That's a little bit harder to see. Yeah. I don't think it'd be any. I don't think it'd be any deeper than ten. Like we talked about, Ken being the tenth guy. Yeah. I don't think I don't think there'd be a situation where we go 11, 12. Like guys like Utah, Champagne, Bent, Bent, and it's 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 harder it's harder to see. Like if there was going to be an eleventh guy, it would be Benton. and then after mm-hmm. that, it's I, I I don't really see it. Nurse is not the guy to go that deep. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, <laughs> we might be stretching the the bounds yeah. of Nick Nurse's trust by going to eleven. We be out there with a six man rotation. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Yeah, yeah exactly. we're going the five guys and then sometimes precious and then uh, shut up and deal with it. Uh, yeah, but Jamar, this was great, man. Thank you so much for for hanging out and talking about a thing that is going to be a thing I think people are debating and discussing for the rest of the season. What is the proper usage of all of these weird-ass players the Raptors have collected on one roster and <laughs> how does it all come together? Lots of decisions for Nick Nurse to make. Uh, a decision that you do not have to make is uh, going and following Jamar Jamar's work because you do a wonderful job, man. Where can people check out all of your excellent stuff? Uh, you can check me out at Raptors Republic. Uh, my uh, my hand, my uh, Twitter handle is also there at the screen below. But yeah, I do quite a bit of uh, previews and recaps when I can on you know which, whichever game. So yeah, that's where the majority of my work is. Excellent, man. Uh, Jamar kicks ass. Go read, follow Jamar. Jamar doesn't have enough followers. Go follow Jamar. Uh, his Twitter <laughs> handle is right on the screen there. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's going to do it. You can find me at Woodley Sean on Twitter. You can go to uh, all your favorite podcast apps and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. They're all free. Uh, you can also go to YouTube, subscribe over there. It's much appreciated. We've got uh, testimonials about the YouTube coming in. This one comes from Chris as just during the podcast. I'll read this one out. Just wanted to send some love for the YouTube Locked On channel. Streaming from my TV is extremely convenient and it's become my new way of consuming the pod be like chris and follow the show on youtube it's much appreciated when you go ahead and do that you get to look at my face every day and my much better looking guests whenever they come on the show uh we will wrap it up there thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day go make locked on nba your second listen of the day as they are giving you the lowdown on all of the games throughout the nba each and every single night in case you missed them and with that we'll leave it there we'll be back again tomorrow to talk raptors clippers bye-bye Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.